This week, I want to share my answer to a very common question about MPA. Now, the MPA process offers the perspective that it's not personal. A not uncommon reaction to that is, it bloody well is, or maybe it feels bloody personal, or some version of that objection. Now, normally a direct experience of the process generates an intuitive understanding of the power of the non-personal perspective, but the confusions and questions around it do arise, and I was reminded of this by a post by one of our practitioners in training in the MPA Mastery Facebook group. She wrote, I was having a conversation today with a friend and we did a bit of MPA when she said, I really can't get my head around things not being personal because I believe that I manifest everything, good or bad, in my life. So how can that be non-personal? And the writer said, answers on a postcard, please. (laughs) I'd love your view on this and anyone else that wants to chime in. That was her post in the Facebook group. Well, my postcard came in the form of a Facebook live video to the group, which I did on the fly while driving home after helping my daughter move house. And that's what I'd like to share with you on the podcast today. Now, as ever, the show notes can be found at www.beabrillianthuman.com slash 144, which is the number of this episode. Uh, But before we dive in, I want to let you know it's rough and ready and the 4G got iffy in places. But I think it's a good summary and I hope that it helps your understanding, maybe intrigues you and perhaps gets you thinking deeper about the nuances of non-personal awareness. Now, if you're new to non-personal awareness and MPA, you can download the MPA process for free at www.thenpaacademy.com. When you get there, just hit the MPA quick start button at the top of the page and you'll be taken where you can give me your email so I know where to send you the sheet. And if you're curious about our MPA Mastery Practitioner Training Program, just stay tuned at the end for more info about that. So enjoy and let's get into it. Welcome to the Be A Brilliant Human podcast with me, Joel Young. If you're looking to improve your life, to heal, to grow and mature as an individual, but maybe you found that some of the personal development and consciousness stuff has given you the impression that you need to be super serious and vigilant to get anywhere meaningful or feeling like maybe you're just not up to snuff. Well, this show is here to remind you of your humanity and in fact that that's where your true joy and brilliance lies. With over 25 years of experience in the transformation biz and having developed MPA, one of the world's simplest pressure-free approaches to growth and well-being, if I do say so myself, I'll be sharing tips, steps and insights that'll help you navigate all the aspects of life as a growth-seeking being. On this show, it comes to you with a good dose of humour, maybe a smattering of colourful language, a reminder not to take things so personally, and most importantly, to be kind to yourself along the way. Make sure you hit that follow button, and let's get into it. As I'm on the road, I won't be looking at the screen very much. It's raining as well, so I'm going to focus on staying alive. I thought I'd go live and answer Michelle's excellent question. She said answer not on a postcard, well it's answering a live video instead. (laughs) Actually a really good question that you'll probably encounter a lot. I'm sure all of you in here at some point have encountered something along these lines either in your own mind or through a client 
or someone you're talking to about MPA and things not being personal. So the question that Michelle was asked, if you haven't seen the post, uh, went along the lines of, and I can't read it verbatim, but it went along the lines of, I can't get my head around things not being personal. Um, I believe that I manifest things for good or for bad myself, or something like that. So the short version, the breakdown, and I'm saying it out loud as much to keep it in my head, because I just stopped to grab a coffee, read the post and went, hmm, what do I want to say about this? There's three parts to it, really. One is sort of understanding the fundamental non-personal nature of reality. Two is the, <laughs> I'm going to say this in an inflammatory way, the delusional idea that I create my own reality. That's the manifesting piece. And the third piece is, is like the confusion between the distinction of fundamentals in the non-personal perspective and mechanisms or specifically the mechanism of taking things personally. So let's go through them. So the first one is like the fundamental of nothing fundamentally as personal. So anyone, if you are, if someone asks this question, you say, do you believe that everything is energy? And the chances are in this day and age in our wonderful world of spiritual and personal development, I'm going to say that the overwhelming majority, if not 99.9% .9 of people you encounter go, oh yeah, yeah, everything is energy. If they believe everything is energy, then they are, whether they realize it or not, saying that fundamentally nothing is personal because the nature of energy is non-personal. Everything exists everywhere simultaneously. That's like the baseline, fundamentally nothing is personal. That's the, that's the first point, really. So, the next bit is, I create my own reality. <laughs> I think there's two, there's two parts to this. So, there's, there's a, a point of agreement to a certain level, where you say within the non-personal, Yes, we have personal experience. And what what is the, you know, how does that happen with intermechanics and fundamentals? Well, there's a certain aspect in, and the metaphors that we use with MPA that talks about tuning in to the radio frequency. Again, everything is energy, like a wave, which only becomes manifest or a particle as a consequence of attention. So there's a mechanism in there that says it's, it's personal, therefore I'm going to experience it. The bit about I create my own reality, that's where I'm going to get on my ramp box a bit because I liken that to the pre-Copernicus view of the universe where all the models of the cosmos, the universe, put the earth at the very center. Everything revolved around the earth, which is probably still flat at the time. <laughs> it's a, it's a self-centric model of the world. 
the idea of I create my own, my own reality tends to come with a very um, self-focused idea of what creates reality. And on personal perspective is that we are part of a bigger system. And while there is a certain influence that we can have in the local sense, or it appears that we have um, local influence over it, fundamentally we are also a consequence to things beyond ourselves. So it's more of a post, well Copernicus is the one that said, hang on a minute, the math doesn't add up. It doesn't look like we're actually at the center, we're kind of on the outside somewhere, there are other things revolving around us, but we're revolving around something else, the sun. And the sun is revolving around the center of a galaxy, and these galaxies are revolving around the center of something. Um, all of which does not put us at the center of causality when it comes to movement of the planetary bodies. So in the same way, we are not exclusively the manifestors of our reality. There are forces beyond ourselves that impact our experience. Take for example right now, it is raining. <laughs> now if we were all individually responsible for manifesting our reality, we would be walking around in weather bubbles of our choice, right? Um, that's just not the case. We don't individually have control over the weather. <laughs> and that's true in terms of the energetic soups that we live in, which are what a part of creating our experience. So the idea that I, you know, I get to choose the good and bad in my life, well, <laughs> some things are as a consequence of greater forces. Um, so that would be my answer to that piece. I think I said there were two bits to that, but I can't remember now because I went off on one. The third bit is a distinction between fundamentals and, me and mechanics. So what do I mean by that? Well, fundamentally nothing is personal and yet there is a mechanism where we take things personally. I call, talk about it in terms of where we say, that's me that is. Therefore, we take up an identity with it, which tends to manifest energies in a certain flavor more than others. And those identities tend to control our beliefs and our emotions and our behaviors, those kind of things. But that's ultimately a mechanism which is kind of separate from the fundamental non-personal nature of reality. So there can be a lot of confusion around that when someone says, oh, it is fucking personal. I'm like, well, yeah. Because the other piece of the equation is like saying nothing fundamentally is personal and then taking that concept and saying, therefore we must take nothing personally, misses the point entirely. That's like, it's bad, we must get rid of our ego and become enlightened. It's the same thinking. Um, without taking anything personally, you would just poof. <laughs> you wouldn't exist. In order to exist, you have to do, take something personally because that is the mechanism of experience. Okay? So, oh, this has told me it's trying to reconnect. So you may have skipped a bit there. I don't know. So 
internet's going backwards and forwards. This is a good example. So the internet is skipping in and out. Um, <laughs> I don't have any, I mean, I, I could stop the car in a place where there's good internet, arguably. Um, anyway, I was touching the metaphor. So where was I? Mechanisms. Um, <laughs> I was having a rant about saying take nothing personally is like saying being be enlightened, get rid of your ego. So we sort of have to take things personally. So if you want to go really deep with anybody on this, then you can get into the territory that um, that we talked about, lovely mastery people in module two, which is the absence of control. Fundamentally, how we choose those mechanisms, it's important to acknowledge the personal interaction, but if you really, really look deep into the quantum mechanics of it, and the actuality of it, always say, Delamitri were right, we're always the last to know. Because the mechanisms on a, on a bigger level are sourcing the manifestations way deeper than the personal, certainly the conscious level. Um, so I always go back to the, you know, go look at those videos on YouTube or they're in this group here of sand on a metal plate. The bigger vibration, okay, and we're back. The bigger vibration in those videos, I'm talking about the videos of they put sand on a metal plate, change the tone, the frequency. They change the vibration of the energy. Sands or bit, little grains of sand on there are compelled to form shapes, to move around and form shapes based on the frequency that's running through the plate. Each individual grain of sand may, if they had souls and brains and conscious thought, consider themselves to be the one that's in charge of that movement. But actually, they're, in, they're responding automatically or compelled by a bigger energy. So if you really want to go down the rabbit hole, <laughs> answering your friend's question, that's a great territory of conversation. Is that there's something bigger in charge. Um, how you console them in the devastation to their ego um, that they're not in charge is either quote them Gandhi who says nothing you do will ever really matter and it's exceptionally important that you do it which is the whole thing about purpose um, I'm, there was a second thing, but with that roundabout, that's gone as well. <laughs> there we go. I think I've covered everything I want to do, want to say. I feel like there was more that I thought about, but it hasn't manifested now. But I think the simple answer to that person is fundamentally nothing is personal, but we, there is a mechanism by which we take things personally. And the gift of MPA, this is the piece, yes, yeah, so the gift of MPA in all of it, and I think Mario in the comments touched on this, is the bit that is interesting and where MPA is useful, it softens that personalization, which is a form of attachment, which creates polarity, which creates charge, which creates stress, is when the mechanism of taking something personally is a bit shit, rather than being rather lovely. 
<laughs> That's where MPA can be a great intervention and offering the, perspe the non-personal perspective in those situations reduces the, the, the charge, therefore the friction, therefore the stress and allows an openness to align in terms of taking things personally with something that is that feels better that works better that is more true and aligned in the moment there we go um, I've no idea if anybody is on here watching feel free to, to leave me a comment um, have a discussion about this and uh, hope that was helpful how do I stop this in the car finish there we go This episode is sponsored by MPA Mastery. Yep, that's our very own MPA Certified Practitioner Program, where you get to up-level your one-to-one -one work and set yourself apart from other coaches, therapists, and facilitators as you learn MPA's unique, agendaless way, which means your client sessions become effortless and resistance-free. No more draining struggles and way more energy after each session. Plus, you'll be able to add the power of MPA and over 30 MPA situation-specific frames alongside whatever modalities you already use. Take your practice to the next level. Visit www.thempaacademy.com slash mpamastery and get registered today. I'm deeply committed to helping you up-level the work you do with your clients. And here's what the graduate MPA Mastery participants say. Buckle up, baby, for some turbocharged personal development. This is by far my most favorite program ever. And believe me, I've had so many programs. It's a holding your hand all the way through, teaching, using his experience, which is amazing. I've never, I've never had case studies done that well. In, in my other courses that I feel that it's a real learning experience and he wants us to up level that's one of his things and yeah up leveling right from the beginning and <laughs> from the first five minutes but it's really great because I'm feeling that difference in working with other people in how I am as I am working with those people and to make it more easy and I could see the result I could see the effect of that in my work with clients immediately and it just get better as we go further through the program. I've learned how much of an agenda I did have when I thought I was pretty agendaless. Um, so the agendalessness of, of becoming a practitioner opens up a, a vastness in my own practice that I just didn't realise um, was available to me. It's the first time when somebody takes takes my hand and takes me by my hand and takes me through um, real intricacies and nuances of what it is to be a practitioner, to be a therapist. Even though it's online and I've been on other online things and you're drained at the end in front of a computer, this is the one where I don't feel drained like because we laugh so much it's so much fun and the way it's taught i don't feel drained at the end of eight hours on a computer even though that's a lot of time it's deep and powerful and profound the promise that joel's making about how a genderlessness will improve your effectiveness as a facilitator and as a therapist that is not an empty promise I'd love you to join us, so go to www.thenpaacademy.com 
slash MPA Mastery and get registered today. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, I'd love you to do me a solid and tell someone about it. They can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and most other podcast platforms. Plus, if you visit the website, www.babrillianhuman.com, you can share the show notes to social media and make my day. Also, make sure you hit that follow button. And if you haven't yet downloaded the MPA process sheet, head on over to joelyoungmpa.com and get your free copy today. Big love and see you next time.